Welcome back to the Murder Board Podcast. I'm your host, Walter Williams III, and tonight I am joined with Corey. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, it's been a good minute, my guy. Been a good minute. Yeah. So tonight we are discussing, um, I want to zero in on the the legacy, if you will, of the evil Superman concept. And by the title of this podcast, we are talking about the movie Brightburn. So if you have not seen this movie, this is your spoiler warning. And if you have, I hope you enjoy our little show here. But yes, Corey, anytime I need to talk about Superman, you show up. Pretty much, yeah. Which is great because I've come to love Superman a lot. He's, 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 you know, for a while I was a part of that crowd. I was just like, Superman, he's just too OP, blah, 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 blah. But now I'm like, I really like Superman, <laughs> especially the more they experiment with him. Yeah, that's true. It's going great. It's going great for Superman. Um, first of all, again, it's been a moment since we've had you on the podcast. How, how you been, bud? Oh, you know, working, working, working. Yeah, you hear that, audience? We don't stop at all. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, same here. Uh, so yeah, man. I don't have a lot for us for this intro. Just want to do a small discussion on just the evil Superman concept, given that the movie we're talking about. But, oh, boy. So we've talked about Superman before a lot on and off mic. Uh, we, we have, like, two episodes that are kind of, like, that we brought up Superman with. You're, you're a big Superman guy, obviously. Yeah. And like I said, I'm growing there. Like, I'm really liking the difference. Um, you know, we talked about Superman and Lois. Um, we were talking off mic about my adventures with my adventures with Superman, which I really liked, and it seemed like you really liked it as well. Yeah, I do. Like, I love Superman. I love my adventures with Superman. It's a nice, fresh retaking on like you know the actual mythos of Superman. So, same here. I would recommend it. It's a nice little animated take, a new, a newer animated take on Superman. So. When we talk about the evil Superman, this is a concept that feels like it has blown up in the mainstream a couple of years, maybe a decade ago, and it's just stayed with us for so long as far as like multimedia goes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but what do you think about just the concept in general of evil Superman? What, what's your thoughts on it? I kind of don't like it, honestly speaking. And that's just me personally. I've never really liked the um, oh evil Superman because it, it's kind of overplayed. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean. Like injustice, uh, any alien is bad is what it's kind of just showing. And I just I never really was a big fan of it. That's all. Like I hated Injustice Superman with like a passion. All right, I want to dive into that for a sec. But first, hi Zarya. <laughs> hi. Hey come to join us i always come in i was just about to text you i said i always come in on a really interesting conversation (laughs) it's funny because we i come in all i hear is how do you feel about evil superman (laughs) i mean it took everything in me not to answer i'm like you're not on this episode you're not on this episode oh god (laughs) i love how i'm gonna take a break and still shows up for two weeks (laughs) because i'm so i'm when 10 o'clock hits on Friday, I'm just I'm just so used to it now. This is why I needed the break, but yes, yes. I I can't I, stay away. Love you so much. I mean, I know you're not on this episode, but if you want to, when if you want to join us for this first conference, if you can indulge us with this opening conversation here, it would be very much appreciated if you have the time. I have the time. Yeah. But evil Superman, I have the time. Yeah, before we get into the yeah, I mean, me and Corey will carry the movie. But yes, Zarya, welcome to the podcast. Hello, welcome back. Yes, 
taking a break from her break. <laughs> what What's your opinions on the whole evil Superman concept as far as the DC comics go? If Superman goes evil, you just better hope you live to tell the story. Because once he let go, once he lets go of the whole "I am a superhero, I need to save these people," once that switches to "Oh, I need to stop you," it's over with for everybody. Anybody that gets in his way, done for. Now, I'm not a big Superman fan, but I do enjoy seeing him like actually cross that line um, because. All of those like storylines or whatever, they always, uh, if Batman is like involved, they do highlight like their relationship because everyone always thinks that Batman is going to teeter and like jump off the deep end. No, it's always Clark. Yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. always Clark. Like, and I don't agree with Lex, but I can agree with Lex when he says that Superman should be like, we should, like, we shouldn't be scared of him, but we should be cautious of him because if he switches, that's the end of us if we're in his way. And, you know, it took me a long time to figure that that was Lex Luthor's character. Because, like, growing up, I've only really known the older movies and then, like, Superman Returns. And that, he's just doing, like, like you know, Ponzi schemes and land development. <laughs> but, like, I realized as there's much more to Lex Luthor, he's, he does have a point. Like, he's he does have a strict point, of, especially with Superman. It's like, yeah, uh... This god, we need to we need to like not celebrate him as too much because one bad day, much like the Joker and Batman, <laughs> it's over with. Because <laughs> uh, Corey had said something about injustice, and that's one of my favorite. That's one of my like top favorite stories. Mm -hmm. uh, reading, oh Clark made me so mad. Like it was not hard to see him uh. as a villain. Oh wait. Hold on a second. Now, I, if we're going to talk about injustice in general, the real villain of that entire entire story was not Clark. It was Diana. Okay, hands yeah. down. Okay, Let's... yes, 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 yes. I can agree. You... My girl. Oh, I love Diana so much. I love Diana so much. Oh, but in Diana, she was dick riding him so bad. <laughs> yeah, she literally just turned him evil for some dick, and it's so crazy that's, to me. And I'm like. No way. <laughs> All right. Like, so, man, he just lost his wife and kid, and you already trying to pounce on his bones. Ma'am, can he <laughs> grieve? Can he yes. grieve? Like, let the man breathe for a second. All right. Yeah. Let's let's dive headfirst into injustice because I so I've not read the story. I only know it from the video game and read the animated the story, movie. Read the story. But mm -hmm. I do remember when injustice like dropped and it became this huge thing. I think I, we were still in like middle school, but like. It was this huge thing. And so yeah. my understanding of the whole evil Superman does come. Like, that's my first recollection of that. I don't know if they've ever done that beforehand. Like, I know Bizarro was a, a thing, but I don't know if he mm. counts. But I, I think he counts. He's not really evil, though. That's a thing. Yeah. But, like, Injustice drops. And that was my first time really seeing, oh, Superman could turn evil. And so I like the story. I think it's really uh, interesting. It's kind of like a flashpoint type of deal where it's like it has all the setups for such a good expansive plot line mm -hmm. like you can do a lot with it and that's why i really like what Zack snyder was trying to do with his whole inspired by injustice take 
while also giving mm-hmm. a, a redemption arc and folding other comic book stories in there, like Flashpoint, like uh, Death of Superman, like Batman. Uh, was it Nightfall? Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. That's what it was. I don't know why I thought Nightfall. I got Bane on the brain. I don't know. It's not Nightfall either. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first like recollection of like, oh, Superman could be a good villain. So it sounds like you two are both fans of Injustice. And I yes. love that. Yes. <laughs> um, but you're right. You're right. I think Diana also is the villain of that story, along with Joker. And I guess, was it, is it Damien that kills Dick? Yeah. Oh, that was an accident, which is the saddest part about it. Because yeah. he's like, because when you see it, because if you read the books, <laughs> man... He when he killed because he I'm I'm sorry but spoiler alert yeah spoilers for killed, injustice for anyone out there who has not read or seen the animated movie no what don't watch the movie do? don't watch the movie do not watch the movie it is not worth the hour <laughs> I liked it <laughs> it's up until a certain point it is like I do like I do like the movie I will hold on I will say I do like the movie I didn't at all dude I, like- I was. What is this? <laughs> like for me, for me, the order of like the adaptations it goes the uh, the the original comic series, the video game, and then the movie. But I still like the movie even though it's third. Yeah, I'm um okay. Well, uh, to me, to each his own. Because like the when I watch the movie, there's a lot of things that made me upset. There's a lot of things I just really wish I could just forget seeing because. For me, the storyline of Injustice itself, like even if you just saw the, if you just played the game, the first one, that was a perfect storyline in itself. But yeah. what they did makes me so mad because in the movie, they just, how are you just gonna kill off my boy like that in the beginning? <laughs> but I also and like you you wrapped everything up by the end of the movie when like the comic strips, like it's like years, like what, five years? Cause like each like new strip or whatever new book it's mm-hmm. uh injustice year one injustice year yeah. two and just mm-hmm. like I, I that is my one critique of the movie like i hate how they kind of wrapped it up at the end i'm like mm, that's not the end he does a, mm-hmm. he, he does more oh, a lot okay. more i didn't know yeah that. and they did the whole cop-out thing and i didn't like that either where they're like oh yeah here's lois lane from another world where clark died and here you go make you happy and she's pregnant i'm like bro Can you get your family <laughs> Oh, I'm wow. like, bro, this is such a cop. This is such a cop out. I did not like it. That's funny because, like, that's the exact thing that Kingpin was trying to do in Spider Man. <laughs> exactly. That's literally what he was trying to do, but he just failed. I was going to say, with, with off topic, but back to what we were talking about with Dick Grayson. When yeah, yeah. you read the book, so, like, what happened was is that they were in the middle of a, there's a riot happening in the middle of Arkham Asylum, I believe. I think it was Arkham. Yeah. There's a riot happening, and Dick Grayson and Tim, and not Tim Drake, but Damien were like, you know, fighting per usual. And what when they train normally, you know, Damien throws his Christmas stick at uh, Dick, and he normally like catches it and stops it. But this time he was distracted, and Damien threw the Christmas stick at at Dick and cracked him in the head, rendering him almost unconscious. He fell down and broke his neck on a rock. Ooh. And then, so, you know, Damien's just looking at Dick like, Oh, my uh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, 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 you, you, you normally catch it. He normally catches it. And Wake then... Up, up. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, man. But, so it's what, but I think 
The, the, no, the most gut-wrenching thing is what Bruce does. Is that oh. he pushes Damien out the way, and he said, get away from my son. And I was like, oh, bro, oh. oh, Bruce. Oh, the Bruce. Oh, Bruce. The layers. The layers of that. That Wow. I still cry. Every time I read it, watch it, whatever, I cry because um, Grayson is my favorite character yes. in any story. Like, he is my favorite character. So to see him die, I cry every time. Man. And and I want I want to I want to just be like it was an accident, but I still get mad at Damien every single time. <laughs> Poor Damien. I'm like, why did you have to be right at that second? Know your surroundings. You're in a prison riot. You can't just throw your temper tantrum and, and get the same result because you you throw them in a training session, which is just it's training. You don't you don't you just don't throw things in an actual fight. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's whatever. <laughs> so, well. just to keep pushing things along. But okay, my last question would be this: Is the is the video game one for one for the 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 comic book? Because it looks a lot mm. different to me. It's a toss up because, like, with Injustice, okay, with Injustice one, it gives you a fraction of. It pretty much tells you it's the okay. So the books are a prequel to the first video game. Oh, okay. It leads up to the point where the other, or you know, the how that storyline in the video game goes. But Injustice Two, because they did have an Injustice Two storyline uh, in the comic books, it's yeah. not the same. And uh, last thing I'll say is that you know, honestly, <laughs> pretty good plan from the Joker. I mean, in a certain point of view, he, that was a pretty solid plan. Like, oh, I'm gonna just yeah. I'm gonna go, <laughs> trying to kill myself. The best way to do it. Doom the entire world with it, <laughs> with me. Hey, he he me. went out in style. Yeah, he really did. He really did. That. I mean, I don't know about style. He went out with a whole where where a whole where his heart used to be. But you know, like <laughs> what was his last words? What was his last words? Wasn't it like now that's a punchline? Yeah, yeah. And he, and he just started laughing <laughs> as you hear this man rip his heart out of his chest. I'm like, oh, this is not. This is oh. <laughs> It's like Joker decided, you know, today's the day to end it all. Here's what I'm gonna do. One last middle finger to Bruce. <laughs> well, my thing is, it's because yeah, I think in, I mean, in that, I think in that story, I think it's because he got tired of trying to get Bruce to kill him, yeah. and he's like, I think it might be easy to get Clark to kill me because you know, whatever, screw it. All right, get the Golden Boy, <laughs> and it worked. He got the Golden Boy to kill him. Exactly. It didn't even take much either. Literally, it's just like, oh. Uh, scarecrow, uh, toxic po- scarecrow is poison, poison mixed with kryptonite. All right, cool. Oh boy. I'm, oh my, I'm like, oh my lord, no way, <laughs> so, <laughs> no <yeah>. way. <laughs> so yeah, injustice is like the the pinnacle of like modern day evil Superman, and so from there we've gotten so many others, and that's where I kind of want to drift our conversation for a little bit here. Number one, like I said, Bizarro. Kind of sort of counts, not really, but he is a version of an evil Superman to a point. And so mm. with that, we also have Superman Red Sun, which is like Russian Superman. Oh. Yes. Well, that's, that's the thing is that version of Superman wasn't evil either. He was just wasn't born in Wasn't he just a communist? Yeah, he's just a communist. But literally, <laughs> he wasn't evil. He just, and he, even in that book, he saved people from the Daily Planet Globe dropping on like a child. So yeah. he was saving people. But if you're going to talk about evil Superman, we're going to talk about Superboy Prime, 
Oof. Ooh. And we're going to talk about Overman because that's a Nazi Superman and he is definitely. <laughs> There's also Justice Lord Superman. Oh, yeah, there is Justice Lord Superman, too. You know what? Damn, here's, I forgot. Here's what I did. I Googled evil Superman concept, and I just wrote down like, the <laughs> first couple. And so all these, I'm like, oh, there's more? <laughs> there's a lot more. Like, Superboy Prime has to be the evilest version I, to me. Superboy. I can agree. So, I, can agree. I can agree. Okay. So, Superboy Prime. Tell me about that, because that sounds interesting. Is this okay. the same so thing as, like, thing. uh... I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Is this supposed to be the same thing? It's like, um, so if you, for people out there listening, if you've seen Superman and Lois season two, there's a few episodes where uh, John Kent has like a, a uh, they deal with a parallel universe, and I think that's the mm. that's their version of Parasite. Um, and so in the Brazaro world, super, the the kid that ends up having the powers is John, and he's this big celebrity. And so when he comes over, he meets Parasite. She kind of like does stuff to him. And then he's like the soldier for her in that season. Is that the same thing as Superboy Prime? No. Or? Okay. No. 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 Let me give you a little backstory on Superboy Prime, player. I am seated. Okay. So, <laughs> in the books, where he first is introduced is Crisis on. Uh, if uh, I think it's Crisis on Infinite Earths, where you know the multiverse is in trouble, pretty much. It was where he, he started at, because on his world, superheroes don't exist except for him. He is the only superhero. Oh. And so we like, you know, the whole thing on Crisis on Infinite Earth happens, blah, 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 blah. New Earth is born, but every other, but then his reality and Earth 2 are lost. So um, they're in this like little pocket dimension for a while, and then Infinite Crisis happens, which is another version of Crisis on Infinite Earth, but different. <laughs> So, DC, man. They, I know, right? But <laughs> so, Earth Two Superman, which is supposed to be the original Superman, the one that was like came in the 1930s, um, Superboy Prime and Alexander Luthor are in this pocket dimension, pretty much hiding out, and they see, you know, the heroes are wasting this, you know, universe that they helped make after they lost their homes. So they're like, we're gonna make our own home, pretty much. So. They try to rewrite the multiverse, and in the process, Superboy Prime, who, again, is the same equivalent power of Silver Age Superman. And if you don't know what that means, this man is pretty, can do anything he wants to do. Like, like, anything. Like fly around the Earth and reverse time? <laughs> fly around the Earth, reverse time, blow a solar system out of existence with just a sneeze, all of it. Oh, okay. Wow, that's pretty god-tier. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's god-tier. So... He is like trying to get his home back because he misses his girl, his old girl that he loved, his mama, his daddy, all them, all them mugs and stuff. So, long story short, it leads to him killing a hero, and then they start attacking him, and he starts killing other heroes and other heroes and other heroes and other heroes, to the point where he's just mass murdering people at this point. And he's like, I'm trying to help you, but you know, he's killing people. Oh, so, one of those guys. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then he pretty much, you know, it it leads to him getting armor made from the anti-monitor, so it, it like solar powered armor, so he gets more powerful. Ooh. And it leads to him and Connor fighting. Connor dying. Oh, that's okay. 
So yeah, because I love Connor, and I know Connor goes out fighting a version, and it makes Tim very very sad for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, well he well Connor comes back in Infinite Crisis. I, I think he dies towards the end of it, but he comes back because. You know, he was sent to, he was crystallized into the future because Kryptonian cells don't die, which we all found out about, and they revived him <laughs> and then sent him back to the past. I'm like, this is such a convoluted son of a, <laughs> all right. but he, but again, long story short, Superboy prime is the baddest of the bad because he will just wipe out people. He will wipe out entire civilizations. And then when he became Superman prime, dude. His whole universe is just gone now yeah. because he threw a temper tantrum. All right. Well, lucky we're not in that universe because that sounds horrifying. <laughs> it is. So um, last one, and then we'll move on to more of the uh, modern copycats is what I'm going to put them as. Uh, mm. Ultraman. This is. Oh, <laughs> you mean the. You mean the kryptonite snorting cokehead? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that, I definitely know this is an 80s book because of that one sentence. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm being so real. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see if this, if this will pop up. Ultra, man. So, yeah, go through Ultraman here real quick, and then we'll move on to the others. Um, Zarya, if you have anything to add, feel free. But who who is Ultraman? Ultraman? Is uh, it's pretty much Superman, but you know, instead of being raised by Jonathan and Martha Kent, he was raised by two criminals. Don't know their names, really don't care. In the original story, he was just like Superman. It, it, ha- it didn't have to deal with anything with Kryptonite. It wasn't until the modern day versions of Ultraman where it turns out that Sun is his weakness, Ooh. but Kryptonite gives him powers. Oh no! So this man will huff Kryptonite like it is cocaine. Like he will break it up and just, whoo! It's like Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street, like just and or Scarface, just shove his face into a pile of coke of but made out of kryptonite. And so he's just an evil version of Superman who's sick, demented, and twisted. Like, like I said, he's just really messed up. He's not like Clark at all. But you know, he's dead now because of Injustice Superman. Oh, so Injustice Superman kills him. Oh, yeah, so this happens in the recent comic books where Jonathan Kent is hopping Earths pretty much at this point, and he bumps back into Ultraman. It's the reason why he got the scar on his face, why he's traumatized. Ultraman tortured Jonathan Kent for four years, I think. It was four Damn. years. And so, you know, he's like, oh, I first said, <laughs> you miss me? And I was like, oh, this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> And so, pretty much, they end up on Injustice Superman or Injustice Superman's Earth, and Ultraman's about to kill John, and then Clark comes out of nowhere, snaps Ultraman's neck, just leaves him on the ground. Well, boy, howdy, that sounds like a terrible person to be around. <laughs> yeah, who wants to be with a ro- a coked up roid head? Nobody. It's not fun for anybody. Unless you're at like a LA party, and then you just no. It's still not. It's still not fun for anybody there at that point. Still. Um, any thoughts, Zarya, on this version of Superman? <laughs> oh, I don't like this version. So <laughs> I, I read a little bit, and then I was like, mm, I'm good, and just never went back to do any other readings <laughs> on Ultraman. Just left him in yeah. the dimension. All right. Well, okay. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the sniffing. Yeah. <laughs> the sniffing. The kryptonite. That was it for me. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this is when I exit. This this is my time to leave. Uh, the chief called, said this ain't it. We just gonna go ahead and 
Wow. That is amazing. Okay. So, yeah. So, Superman, evil Superman is a very dramatic (laughs) concept. And so, this is something that we have just gotten a lot of over the years. And I just, at first, for me, when Snyder was trying to do it, well, okay. We're talking about Henry Cavill Superman. I actually like that version. It's more of a, like, reversal of, you know, Clark not necessarily needing to figure out how to be Clark, but figure out how to be Superman. But I understand that people didn't like that more darker, edgier. To me, it was just more of a coming-of-age, modern coming-of-age take on it. But I did like what Snyder was trying to do with the whole evil Superman thing, especially what we get with Zack Snyder's Justice League. But ever since then, we've gotten just so a nice handful of just evil Superman archetypes. And so number one would be, oh boy, Homelander. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, that man, you know what? Can I just say this? Can I just he say this? He can't even stop a plane. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So he's a bitch in my eyes. But calling in all honesty, him, calling him like a Superman dupe or whatever is a stretch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, stop a plane. <laughs> He's not wrong. She's not wrong at all. Like he can't even stop a plane. Homelander, grown man is no Homelander is a toddler stuck in a grown man that so happens to be a superhero throwing tantrums when the situation that doesn't happen when how it's supposed to be scripted. He doesn't know what to do. How do you have powers and you can't and you can't ad lib or what have you? No, you're. You were at, you're an actor with powers. He can't even fake it till he makes it. He just no, just, just drops. No, he can't. Say, so can we just talk about the fact, like, because I've read the books, man. I've read the books and I've watched the show. Let me just say, what my thing is, why? Because like I see him as like a middle schooler too, like just a a child in a man, grown man's body. Why did this man masturbate on top of the Empire State Building? <laughs> Uh, like it was that. yeah like like do you understand how weird that is although i will say me personally if i had if i were if i were red it would cross my i don't know if i would have done it but it would have crossed my mind it's it like, would have crossed your mind walter <laughs> hey if i'm basically this all-powerful person i but, you gotta it's kind of like spitting off of a mountain you want to see how far it goes no, dude. This that's just. No, I I think that's a little bit different. Just because, like, think about the bystander that's down there. Dude, just ejaculated on top of the Empire State Building. Dude's like, oh, it's raining. Oh no. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then, like, wh- like you guys are saying, that's true. Every time when something is not scripted, he will flip out. But have you guys read the books, though? No. Not no, not those. When I tell you the books are even worse than the show. <laughs> like okay, so Black Noir. You guys know him. Yep. Yes, the Batman s character. So in the books, it's so. <clears throat> there's a lot of things that happen in the books. So at the end of the series, pretty much, uh, when Homelander and Billy Butcher face off, we find out that Black Noir is a clone of Homelander, and so that version of Homelander. So Black Noir is the reason why uh, all these crazy things that. Homelander is seen doing it's Black Noir, and they're making Homelander seem like he's going crazy. Okay. So Black Noir, he no, and when I say this is messed up, he ate a baby. Oh my, okay, wow. I knew there was something off about him. <laughs> like he ate a baby, like I mean an actual baby, like a live baby. 
Oh God, stop! <laughs> and then he, and then he's the one that raped Billy Butcher's wife, not Homelander. Oh boy, I just now I fear yeah. about where where the show will go because they've no the show is not going to go there because we know that Black Noir is not a clone of Homelander because he's black. True. Okay. Yeah, I, I forgot <laughs> about that detail. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's black. He's not. He's not a clone. He's all different <laughs> person. In this show, you feel bad for Black Noir because of how he was abused, but like. Yeah, they really softened the blow there, yeah. Yeah, but like I said, they, they wouldn't do that just because Homelander did some off-the-wall shit. And he was just, like, having sex with every superhero. Like, guy, yeah. girl, like, it was so weird, man. I, I just, said, I don't... The show toned down a lot of... Because I, I, I haven't read them, but I've done research on, like, the books. And mm-hmm. the show has toned down, like, almost all of the heroes. Because, like, in the books, they are wild. And yet wild. they still hate it. <laughs> I still can't stand <laughs> we it. all dude we all do like it's such a good show though it's funny and but it's just like it it throws it on its head the superhero archetype of like your superheroes are goody two-shoes but they're out here doing cocaine and doing other things that i don't want to talk about right now because it's Having just gross but like you know house orgies yeah Oh, dude, we're not even gonna talk about the. Oh my god! Accidentally. Oh my god! We have a whole episode with me and Shelton talking about the boys. I give my <laughs> statements on there. You can go listen to that. Uh, oh. What I'll say about Homelander, just to kind of keep things moving here. I just, yeah, I don't like Homelander's a character I should like. He fits the category of like asshole characters that I would absolutely love watching. I think the actors yeah. really went good. But my only my main problem with Homelander is that he is just such a toddler and not even in a fun way. Like, you know, if you have that, if you want to make like a childish kind of evil Superman person, I feel like you should go. And I feel like the show emphasizes his more like mental health issues rather than like any emotional issues more. But like, I, I feel like if you have that character, you do want to be a little bit more serious while making it ironic here they just kind of let the the character just flip out so much and i just i hate that it is just this like five-year-old or even like a two-year-old that's just he's just annoying and i not even enough he's just i hate the fact that he's not like evil fun he's just a brat and that's kind of all they've done with him and they it, 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 it irritates me so much because they try to give him all these manipulative plot lines and i'm like I would be able to buy if he was this master manipulator if he wasn't such a like brat, if he wasn't such like an immature dude. That's why I feel like the characterization of the boys Homelander just irritates me so much cuz I feel like they're trying to like have their cake and eat it too. If you want to emphasize this more mental health, psychological struggles, you do want basically to put, you do want to put like um Ted Bundy in a cape for lack of a better like example like you want to go for someone who's charismatic and anthony Starr is a very charismatic actor i mean he looks like bradley cooper but (laughs) uh just the fact that they give him such these like little like bitchy moments it's just it makes some of the other serious moments hard to buy and that's why i hate homelander so much in the in a more like characterization way rather than like oh we're supposed to hate him no i'm like I get we're supposed to hate him, but I hate watching. He's not entertaining, and I, I do hate that. And But he is, like, this symbol of, like, 
he's the main symbol now for like evil Superman, quote unquote, in other things. And I, I'm like, that sucks because <laughs> he's the very bad example. Moving over though, and I have two other, I have two other examples, and then we're gonna take a break. Um, mm. one I do like, I do like this quote unquote Superman, uh, kind of copycat. Or evil mm-hmm. Superman copycat, and that's Omni Man from Invincible. Yes, I, I was talking about that. I absolutely love Omni Man, but we'll go to you guys. What's your thoughts on uh, Omni Man as a evil Superman uh, archetype? Uh, we can go back to Corey. Well, here's the thing: is that I like Omni Man as because here's the thing that, that like I was talking before how I didn't like the whole alien is evil type thing. Like with this one, they did it really good. Like, cause he was in hiding for years. Like, so had a long. family, settled down. It was just a superhero helping the world. Now, mind you, him and what's the other guy's name? Immortal, the immortal dude. Yeah, the immortal. Him, the immortal, and Omni Man are two superhero Superman archetypes. Cause they're like the immortal is more of like Vandal Savage mixed with Superman. Yeah. I was going to say he feels, well, I, I, he always felt like Vandal Savage mixed with apocalypse to me, but well, and well, if you saw it like in his flashbacks, he was dressed up like Superman in the 1930s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fair point. <laughs> There's those two archetypes, but Omni man, the reason why he was so good is because he was just following his directive until he had a kid. Yeah, because like, because think about it. He was his whole planet, his whole race is about conquering and mm-hmm. making the world better by conquering, quote unquote. The strongest will survive. But then he, you know, had a kid and saw what humanity was like, and he's like, "Well, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know what to do now. I'm, I'm confused." But yes, I love Omni Man. He's one of my favorite. Actually, Invincible, the entire series is like one of my favorite books. I've finished that series front like twice at this point. Remind me to call you when we do that episode. Yes. All right. Uh Zarya. I'd have to agree with Corey. Super like as far as like an evil Superman, Omni Man did is really, really good. Um mm-hmm. because like put Superman and Omni Man um like face to face, I feel like they can go on for so long that that will be a that will be one of the longest battles centuries mm-hmm. we're talking <laughs> generations like, have gone by i could have great grandkids and they're still fighting each other <laughs> what's that Pretty much. grandma oh that's just superman and Omni man up there <laughs> uh, i was gonna tell you too like i think superman would have the upper hand just because freeze breath heat vision yeah you know it's yeah. just because like i know if you if you have like a more brutal superman like Example, if you have Injustice Superman go up against Omni-Man, first thing I know that that Superman would do is be freeze his hands and then break them. I I, I literally just had this conversation last night with somebody <laughs> and they have made the point of, which was a really, which, uh, which was a point that um, I didn't even think of. So with Omni-Man's like background and training, like I think that would kick in with the battle. And so he would go for the juggler to just try to kill him just to eliminate it. Superman, I think Superman will have like his super like his superhero mentality and make sure that everybody is out of the way first before he goes nuclear. And then once like once like that switch happens in him, oh yeah, he'll definitely have the upper hand, but I still think Omni-Man would like Omni-Man would will give him a run for his money and will have some good hits in too. 
yeah. I do think Superman would win, but it's not going to be an easy win, and he's just going to barely win. Yeah. And exactly, that's what, but that's what I mean, though. It depends on which version of Superman we're talking about. Now, if we're talking about basic cookie cutter Superman, which is again the one that would be like, Oh, I want to make sure that the cities are not being attacked when I do this, and I'm not going to kill thousands of people. Cool, right? Now, if we're talking about Man of Steel Superman, oh, that's on, a different now. story. Well, and now, I'm <laughs> let's be real. Uh, well, that's unfair because hey. he's like, he's like, what, 20, 21 in that. He's still young. He's like 23. Well, I mean, well, same. I mean, he's still young, so that's kind of unfair. But I, I, I would say, I'm not saying. No, I'm just saying. I'm not saying that. You know, I'm just saying like in that experience of like, there's that. But I'm also talking about like even with the injustice Superman, that version of Clark. It's like he doesn't care. He's going to get the job done, and he will kill somebody to do it. True. Well, okay. so that's what I mean. I've always gone by, and it's kind of proven to me. Or just, well, I was convinced through like Death Battle, if you watch those YouTube videos. But like, yes, uh, basically any any version of Superman, but even just basic common knowledge, basic level of Superman, there's no stopping him because like you can throw anyone you can, I guess, unless it's Doomsday. But any person you get him against, especially if it's Superman archetype, I'm pretty sure Superman would always win, and that's be because Superman, just by definition alone, that character represents limitlessness. So he can do just about anything. I won't say just about anything. Well, me, I thought it was me too, because like, because I'm yeah. usually never the first one to say, "Okay, there you go. We missed it." <laughs> Jeez, he's not. He's he. He represents like he is the definition of limitlessness. This guy does not have a ceiling, if that makes sense, like a power ceiling. He yeah. will always. Yeah. No, either he gets knocked out or whatever, but he will always come up on top. And if he is pressed against the wall, which I think Omni Man, I think Homelander will be definitely easier for Superman to go up against because you just got to wait for Homelander to just lose his temper and then he's yeah. going to depower for a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, Superman and Omni Man will be a great fight. It would take forever, but I feel like Superman would always, you know, be on top. And, you know, for going up against like Omni Man's uh, intuition or even just his experience. Yeah, it'd be close, but I think Superman would still be able to hang out at the top of there because at some point or other, Omni Man would lose like stamina, and you know Superman does have a a way more. I feel like that's kind of funny how all these archetypes have like less power than Superman because <laughs> yeah. um, they all have the similar abilities, but Superman does have an extra couple of things like you know he has freeze breath and he can you know hold his breath for a long time or. He can fart out a nuclear explosion, you know. It's just <laughs> not fart out a nuclear. Ex- oh god! <laughs> yeah, like he's just you know he can always just he always has something up his sleeve. So I'm like, any any person you bring him up against. But yeah, I love Omni Man a lot. I I understand Omni Man is the reason where like I was kind of done with like Evil Superman, especially with Homelander. But like the biggest difference between those two characters is just that you understand Omni Man's plight more. Again, like we were saying, Homelander is just this child, and it's is very unentertaining for me to watch. But Omni Man, despite what his prime directive is at all, even with just him and his son working out that relationship, you understand what he's going through. Like you understand, Omni Man doesn't necessarily want to kick the shit out of his kid, but you know he's got a mission, and he's he's got an he's trying to set an example for his son. It's a big life lesson for him. 
beating mm. the you know throwing his son through a mountain, but that's just, <laughs> that's him teaching was, him a, a lesson, like a life lesson. <laughs> I would not want that life lesson. I'm just fine with whatever I got. That, no, I'm cool. Uh, quick, <laughs> Don't need that life lesson. Quick side note: Have you guys seen like the like edits on TikTok where they would just take a random character and make them go up against Mark in that scene? <laughs> yes, I did. Like, I one, have, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, I gotta send you to him. Like, there's one where like Squidward is. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's not do it, God. I remember that. He said, "Thank you, thanks, <laughs> like, thanks, uh, mom." Uh, uh, oh. It's like arguing with Squidward, and then he beats up Squidward and, and Patrick, and he like slams to the mountain, and then they pan over to the other side, and Patrick and SpongeBob are sitting there like by the fire, and <laughs> it's just. It's so oh funny, and they do it with, like a bunch of other characters too. Like there's one with Patrick, and there's also like um, I think there's like a Family Guy one where <laughs> Peter, who gets like slammed into the mountain. But uh, I gotta see those edits, Zarya. They're hilarious. <laughs> All right, um, last two, and then we'll go to break here. But this is one that I don't think people talk about or want to talk about. But he is a technical. He is technically Marvel's quote-unquote Superman, evil Superman um, type, but we have Icarus from The Eternals. Did you? <laughs> I feel like he counts. That's not where I thought you were going with that one. Okay. Where do you think I was going? Sentry. Oh, oh, crap. You're right. <laughs> but, but, I mean, Icarus is, is a second up. No, you're good, but I was like, <laughs> I thought he was going to go there. But. I mean, Sentry is the reason we got the Marvel Universe in a way. Like, he is the reason we got the modern <laughs> take. But, uh, well, Zarya, do you know I know you're not a, a Marvel girly, but do you know who Icarus or Sentry are? I know who Icarus is, um, but not the other person. Okay. So well, long story. Yeah. Go oh, ahead, I was say long story short, they just uh Sentry is a just think of a schizophrenic Superman. That's oh literally all you got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's literally the best way I could just put that schizophrenic Superman. That's 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 the best you're gonna get. And my thing is like Honestly, actually, if you know, the, there are rumors that we may be getting Sentry soon with this, uh, uh, what is there being called again? The, um, this, they're making a movie with a lot of the, uh, kind of sort of anti-villains, kind of a Suicide Squad thing, but Sentry's supposed uh, to be- I like, know what you're talking about, yeah. God, what is the name of the, it's, uh, basically it's a team that's going to be led by Winter Soldier and Elena Belova, Black Widow. Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, there we go. They're saying that the main target, uh, and main villain kind of sort of will be uh, Red Hulk and Sentry. And Sentry, that's kind of they're, they're going to bring him in. Here's my thing, though, sorry. Sentry, from what I know, he always just dies. Like, he's always just, he always shows up and then dies, right, Corey? Yep, pretty much. He dies in most, if not all, his iterations. Yeah, like, <laughs> so I've always assumed him to just be like Marvel Superman meets Jesus. <laughs> He does look like Jesus. He does look like Jesus. I mean, he looks like a blonde Jesus. Yes. He just shows up. <laughs> like, look up, look up, look up, uh, Sentry right now. Yeah. He's just, he's just, he just shows up. He says a few things. He battles and then he, like, sacrifices himself. And then, like, he, that's it. Or he just gets murdered. So, like, um, if I'm remembering correctly, Sentry had a big plot in, uh, Civil War. And that kind of led into what he kind of he's connected to why is it is it that is he's connected to why Wanda went kind of crazy? No, so you're thinking of House of M. The Civil War storyline happened because of the fact that these superheroes were being 
not responsible and a whole school of children well, died. Yeah. yeah. But if we're talking about uh I forgot exactly the... what Sentry does then. Sentry is well, if we're gonna talk about Sentry, he just he has an evil side to him. That's why I call him a schizophrenic Superman. So like his evil side is what causes a lot of issues with people. That's why he keeps dying too. <laughs> they just take him out right so, then there. Yeah. But yeah. Much every single time. <laughs> I just know like whenever he popped up in a comic book, Zarya, I just got instantly annoyed. Cause I'm like, okay, <laughs> he's gonna be screaming for a little bit, and then he's gonna die. And that's usually what happens. Nobody, nobody likes him, dude. Nobody likes him at all. Yeah. They always kind of keep him locked up in like a basement somewhere. Like they, they always trying to like keep him depowered. <laughs> They're like, we cannot activate this monster. <laughs> He's worse than the Hulk. What makes it no? What makes me laugh though is when they brought him in in World War Hulk. He thought he was that guy, and right. then Hulk humbled him real <laughs> fast. He's like, you're that guy, pal. <laughs> I'm serious, Zarya. He is like. I'm wondering what they're going to do with him in the movies, because in the comics, he's just kind of a joke, in my opinion. But um, Icarus, though, Icarus was in Eternals, and this is a big deviation from the comic books. But in the movie, he was like the secret bad guy. Um, Mm -hmm. Do we do we like Eternals? I liked Eternals, but I have twice. It was straight. Yeah, I fell asleep halfway through, so I had to rewind it. But other than that, yeah. I like the movie. It's fine. I know why. I don't. I understand why people don't like it. It's either that it's not a Marvel. It's not a Marvel enough, which is a weird thing to say. But also, it's got its own little like uh, pacing issues, which thus why Zarya fell asleep. <laughs> it, it, it's really yeah. slow. <laughs> but uh, I like what they did with it. Um, it just sucks that anything in that movie does not matter anymore. <laughs> like they're just ignoring it, and I I think that sucks because they, they they had it pretty set up pretty well. Um. Mm-hmm. So last person I have on this list, and I think this is just, he's not an evil Superman, but he does get his own evil Superman arc. I think this is the perfect, like, this is the most, like, one-to-one Superman person that we have gotten fiction, and it's Goku from Dragon Ball. Oh, my God. I feel like whenever (laughs) we talk about Superman, Goku has to be brought up at some point, because there's just so, they are two sides of the same coin, in my opinion. Uh Oh, uh, you just, you just, you just. <laughs> Who did I piss off? Did I piss off a lot of people? Maybe we'll get some. I don't know if you. No, you didn't piss them off. It's just like. I mean, you're right. You know, they're both aliens. They're both, you know, last, somewhat the last of their race. Yeah. Keep going. I, just, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm like. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I'm just kind of flabbergasted at this point. But what I was gonna say, <laughs> I mean, you're right, but you, it's like it's like what Falcon said. He's out of pocket, but he's not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he even gets his own little evil Superman arc where there's a another version of himself, and they go up against each other, and it lasts a really long time. Um, but Ooh. Zarya, any thoughts on uh, Goku? I don't know how familiar you are with Dragon Ball. I catch a couple of episodes because I've I've talked slash dated guys that were into Dragon Ball Z. Gotcha. So I would watch it with them. But me personally, I can't get into it. Yeah, that's it. I just I can't get into it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but I would nice. like I would like still like to know like the similarity because you that kind of like piqued my I was like, huh, how? Oh, yeah. my, it might be to watch it. Yeah, it's yeah. Goku and Superman are very close. Uh, Goku mm-hmm. is an alien 
super being that was sent down to Earth at a, at a last ditch effort as his planet and his family exploded. <laughs> oh, okay, he identical. Land, yeah, he lands and a an old man named Gohan picks him up and it's like, well, I don't know where you came from, don't know what the ship is, but I'm gonna treat you as my own kid and trains him in you martial arts. And so as he grows up, he's as he grows up, a Zod, a kind of like Zod like figure comes down and kidnaps his son and is like, yo, you're an alien. He's like, oh, crap. And so he they fight. He dies. Yada, yada. More stuff happens. But he is essentially the Superman of that story. And it is very kind of one to one to the fact that like, I mean, OK, because I, I don't want to piss off too many people. But like the oh. first, yeah, the the original Dragon Ball where he is a kid is very like Superboy Adventures, and then you this very much more mystical though. But when you get into the first half of Dragon Ball Z, you are pretty much in like Superman versus Zod versus um what are some other like super villains? Like there's technically you would count it as like a Brainiac kind of sort of figure. No. Um, there is kind of a Bizarro type character. There's a kind of a. Uh, and then you know you just go down the line. Now Dragon Ball, what they do is that they kind of take they start taking a uh, more Americanized stuff and insert it into the storyline. So like after all of the Namek and uh, Frieza stuff, which is still pretty much Superman. After all that, you get into the Cell Saga, which is my favorite, but it's pretty much Terminator. And then you get the Mountain Majin Buu and all that. But yeah, he is essentially just their Superman, and they kind of there are some very firm similarities you know flight um he doesn't have laser eyes but they have they utilize like key so they can use that energy and fight with it um but this is what i was telling you like superman symbolizes like limitlessness goku's whole thing is that he's always shattering the next ceiling so he's trying to reach limitlessness but goku does have his limits so that is kind of the biggest difference i think you know aside from omni man the person that can give uh superman a run for his money is goku it's goku because yeah. he, he is always like you know the whole point about uh his alien race is that whenever they're beaten to like near death when they recover their power and their body like advances to like new levels thus why he is able to reach uh mega godlike powers like right now he is damn near a god because of how much power he has accumulated from being his ass kicked for so much. And so he also has a father too. There's that. True, true, true. Yeah. He's he's died, he's come back. He's been you know, he's been stabbed in the chest much like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 who Goku is in a nutshell. I think that is the most one for one. And again, if you want to get into evil Superman, there is an arc in Dragon Ball Z Super well, Dragon Ball, you Dragon Ball Z, you have Vegeta, but he ends up becoming more of a, an ally. But in Dragon Ball Super, there is a version that of him uh, that is an evil version of him through convoluted means. But there, they do have that storyline. So yeah, it's, it's very one to one. If that clears things up for you, Zarya. Yes, it does. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, if you come across it. Um, if you can find it, watch Dragon Ball's Super Broly. That kind of the first half of that movie kind of gives you the entire story, and that's where you'll see a lot of the Superman allegory. Um, if you want to just skip the, the TV show, the Super, Dragon Ball Z, not Dragon Ball Z, but just Dragon Ball Super Broly, which is the newer version of it, 
that kind of gives you the gist of what Dragon Ball is, but also how Superman related the story is, if that makes sense. Like it, it's a it's kind of like a good what's the good word for it? It's a good like reboot slash here's what you missed all clubbed into one like hour and 30 minute movie. Or you can always just search clips on YouTube. That always helps. That's <laughs> for sure. All right. Um, so, right, we're going to get into uh, Brightburn. Zarya, thank you for joining us in this little intro here. It's nice having you as a surprise guest for the episode. Thanks for allowing me to stay. Yes. I love it when you talk about DC and I love it when you join us to talk about DC. That was redundant, but you understand. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all have a good show. Thanks. Me and Corey are going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive into Brightburn. But one thing I wanted to talk about before we do that is that this what I don't know if you saw this, Corey, but my timing is just so cool. So as of this recording, you know, I planned us for do uh, Brightburn this month on this day on according to deadline, though. And this came out earlier this week. OK, so September 12, 2023, according to deadline, a sequel to Brightburn is now in active development. Mm. Did you see this beforehand? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I got excited mainly because I was like, ha, I called it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh boy. But yeah, I'm excited. I don't know what they got planned. It's been a long time since that first movie, obviously. Well, not too long, but it's been a, a substantial amount of time. And, you know, there this, this does have some controversy behind it. There there is um uh there's some AI kind of stuff involved and that's kind of interfering with the the um the rights or not rights but like the writer strike and everything is kind of feeding into that um if you want to read the whole story you can look it up i just wanted to bring the headline in here because it's related to the movie but yeah we brightburn we we may have not have seen the last of it it's an active development that's all you know that's pretty much saying that they've started pre-production they have a plan but we don't know if it'll be it's been greenlit essentially but we don't know what it'll come to so we'll see in the near future <laughs> but um by the sounds of it, it doesn't seem like you're very excited. <laughs> mm, like I told you before, I'm not like Bright Burn was a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but I was just like, mm, I really don't care about this whole evil Superman. Died. <laughs> gotcha. So that's a little tease there, audience, for how we felt about the movie. But right now, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back with our review of Brightburn. Whatever you've done, I know there is good inside you.
believe that you came here for a reason. He was in the barn. Did he find it? No. It was like he was drawn to it. He may look like us. He's not like us. All right, guys, we're back. Let's talk about Brightburn. It was released May 24th, 2019, directed by David Yorsklovsky. So uh, if I butchered that, I apologize. Written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn. The film stars Elizabeth Banks, David Deneman, Jackson A. Dunn, Matt Jones, and Meredith Hagner. And the plot goes as such. After a difficult struggle with fertility, Tori Breyer's dreams of motherhood come true with the arrival of a mysterious baby boy. Brandon appears to be everything Tori and her husband Kyle ever wanted. Bright, talented, and curious about the world. But as Brandon nears puberty, powerful, dark... Eh. As Brandon nears puberty, a powerful darkness manifests within him, and Tori becomes consumed by the terrible doubts about her son. Once Brandon begins to act on his twisted urges, those closest to him find themselves in grave danger. The film's budget ranges between six to twelve million dollars, and the box office was thirty-two point nine million. And just some kind of like background on the film. So Brightburn was announced as Untitled James Gunn Horror Project in December of 2017. Aside from Gunn as a producer, his brother Brian and cousin Mark penned the script, which adapts the concept of Superman with, with explicit horror. <laughs> Principal photography began in March of 2018 and wrapped in May that same year. Uh, the film received mixed reviews from critics who praised it for its horror elements, gore, and concept and Banks's performance, but criticized its writing, pacing, and felt that the film did not deliver on the full premise or the full potential of the premise. In May 2019, David, the director, stated upon the film's potential being a success, the universe of Brightburn would be expanded upon. In that later interview with Collider, the director confirmed that the film's film critics making reference to a half-man slash sea creature terrorizing the seas, Rain Wilson's character Frank Darbo slash the Crimson Bolt from Super and a powerful witch who chokes her victims with a rope was intended to set up a sequel. In addition, noting that an alternate ending of the film featured Emmy Hunter's character Caitlin um, with uh, with her being in a lab fastening a robot arm to her broken arm and her uh, her just being pissed off, <laughs> as well as mentioning tons of other such endings as having a haven't been discussed. 
as well as stating that if we were to expand on Brightburn Universe in other in other installments in other ways, we would probably be doing it the same way. In total secrecy, and then drop a cinematic trailer at some point with that kind of tease in a new direction that may be. So in June of 2019, producer James Gunn stated that the discussion of a potential sequel was happening, but he was busy writing and directing The Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, both of which have been released at this point. So yeah, basically all that saying that the production was done in secret and then that if it was successful enough, which it, I remember it being, but it kind of went away really fast, um, they were to expand on it. Getting into the movie here, Corey. Overall yeah. thoughts? What do you think about Brightburn? Like I told you before, Brightburn itself was a good movie. Um, I would think it was a very well written movie. Personally, like I told you before, I'm not the hugest fan of an evil Superman trope. Like I love Injustice. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not the biggest fan of like evil Superman, uh, alien, bad. You know, who <laughs> came from the earth? It, like, because his whole premise. I mean, because I remember the interviews. He's like, not everything that comes to Earth is good. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, but I don't care about that. Why do I don't want to really watch another evil Superman story? Because I kind of just got. I was just over it. You know, <laughs> for me personally, I just got done reading. I was reading the boys at that point. And I was reading Invincible. Like, I was just like, I was over the evil Superman trope. So that's just me, though. As for me, I will say this. I remember being really excited when this movie was first being like promoted and it was coming out because I thought it was a really cool contrast to what was happening in the current world. But yeah, it was the climate at that point would have been just like, you know, evil Superman is going. I think the boys may have been on at this point. Um, but it, yeah, I thought this movie was fine. I'm agree. I agree with you. It, it's fine. It's a, it's a good enough movie. Does this movie reach the same levels of something like, uh, Chronicle, which we've reviewed earlier this year? No, no, no it doesn't reach, but it had so much potential to get there. And that's where I do agree with the whole release. This movie it ha- it has its premise. I don't think they push it far enough. Honestly, while watching the movie, I feel like this could have been at least thirty minutes longer, and it's already a pretty pretty long film. But like, it could have been thirty minutes longer. You could have added so much more in this movie with just you know cleaning up some of the editing a bit. But like, overall, it's fine. Like it, it's it's just a fine little movie. I feel like the more we get into the actual movie, the more things will come up. But. Yeah, it's it's fine overall. I mean, we'll see if we recommend it or not at the end. But like, it's if you're curious about it, I would say look into it. It's it's fine. My only thing is that like I feel like because we are because of its connection, it was definitely much high pro profile than Chronicle was. But I also feel like Chronicle had this mystery and this excitement or surrounding it. This movie tries to copy that, but it it doesn't fully. And again, it just, it feels like it just, what, I don't know. It's kind of hard to word it. <laughs> My take on it is that this movie feels very much like a, uh, a kind of sort of close to a first draft, but more of like this, you know, this is kind of a test movie, if that makes sense. Like this feels like a test. This feels like, yes, like a pilot episode. Yeah. Like it's, it feels more like, let's see what people think about it. And overall, the score is good, but 
definitely could use some more uh, development on certain aspects of the movie. But um, alas, we're here. So Brightburn uh, opens up on the Briars. Uh, didn't I found this out after I watched the movie, but apparently it's 2006 at the beginning of this movie, which mm-hmm. it's 2006. You know what movie came out in 2006? Superman Returns. Superman Returns. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> that was I, either that was a good like Easter egg or just a coincidence, but I thought that was pretty cool. So apparently it's 2006, and we have Elizabeth Banks and her doughy husband as they are trying to make a baby, and ba- down comes a meteorite, much like the opening of Superman. And so we get this kind of like montage of baby videos, and then we cut to 10 years later. Uh, before we move forward, here's Corey. Obviously, this whole premise of this movie is essentially, you know, what if Superman, what, you know, what if we take the Superman story, but make him, in my opinion, just make him Goku without Goku bumping his head, <laughs> or we just, you know, make him more of a an actual like alien invader. But what what do you think about this whole like how they handle this concept here? I think James Dunn James Dunn <laughs> James Gunn did a really good job with the premise. You know, like because he if you if you look at the story, he is really like Brandon is very ostracized. You know what I'm saying? Not ostracized. Yeah, he's ostracized. Is that the word I'm saying? Am I saying that right? I'm yeah, not saying that right, am I? Close close enough, because I can't think of the correct <laughs> Ostracized. Yeah. That's what that's the word. So because like think about it, like if you look throughout the entire movie, the only person that really gives him a loving embrace is his mom. Like his dad is scared of him, wants really nothing to do with Brandon. His uncle's like terrified of him too. He's an he's an outcast at school. Like he's always been the wallflower, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't until his ship that woke him up. snapped him into this like mindset of like (laughs) well what if I just kill you I don't (laughs) like (laughs) like you know it just seems like um you know he reminds me of it's comic book Peter Parker but if he had Superman's powers and no morales okay I see what you mean there um like very unpopular but like he doesn't care if he kills you or not. All right. Yeah. Like, okay. So this is where we bump into the first like thing. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause it's right at the beginning. Um, mm. yeah. 10 year old, not 10 year old. He'd be turning 12 year old, little Brandon Breyer. We'll get into his character here. But my thing is like, I like the setup of it all. Like this twisted universe of like, Ooh, it's, it's the Superman story. We all know this story. Superman, Goku, we all know of the, alien that comes down and embraces earth or is raised on earth and Mm -hmm. i like that a lot i i feel like you can do a lot with that i mean they dc liked it so much they did it twice because it's kind of the sort of same thing with green lantern uh but what they did here which first thing that caught me off guard is just like after we get this whole 10 year jump or I, even before then, I'll say this: what what threw me off is beforehand is just like they they treated it just goes by so quickly, and that's why I mean mm-hmm. this movie could have been a little longer, honestly. And we get a flashback later on, kind of a flashback nightmare of this sequence, but like it feels the movie kind of starts off with just like 
feeling already kind of jarring. We don't really know these people. They don't really say their names really in this film. Uh, well, we got Elizabeth Banks, who I will watch in anything. She's great. Um, put her in more things, please. Honestly, yes, I think she would be perfect as like Black Canary's mom, like the first Black Canary. Bring her in. I feel like she'd be perfect. Oh, that would be so cool. You know what? I never thought about that until you just brought it up. Yeah, that would actually be pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to keep Journey Smollett as the second Black Canary, I feel like Elizabeth... They're not going to keep Journey Smollett as the second Black Canary. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. They're not going to keep her. Just like they're not going to keep Mary Mary Weinstead as uh, Huntress. It's not going to happen. Man, I would love to. But, I get, yeah, you're probably right. So, yeah, I if you want to if you want to bring in the first Black Canary... Is it Dinah? That's the first one? I can't remember. Um, they, Dinah, this, I think, is the second one. She's the I think second one. Sarah. Sarah is the first one. Let me double check. Sarah Lance. Yeah, I think it, it's first black. So no, Arrow, they made them sisters, and that, that confused the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. Because in the books, it's, mo- it's mother and daughter. I've always liked the mother and daughter aspect better anyway. Dinah. Dinah. So Dinah's the first one, and then Sarah's the second. No, no. So they're both named Dinah, but oh. the mom's name is Dinah Drake, and her daughter's name is Dinah Lance. Uh, well, okay, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. Okay, either way, Elizabeth Banks she would be great <laughs> as the first Black Canary. I think she would be perfect as, like, the mom figure. Um, But, yeah, I just, I would have, right off the bat, we get this alien crash. I feel like you want to, like, let this scene draw out, but they cut, and I, that would, that's the first, like, red flag for me, because, like, even, I honestly, for all the, the like, the, the crap you could say about Superman Returns, I think the best scene is him actually returning in the beginning of the movie. Where you just, yeah. Ma Ken is just quiet in her house, living her life. And then, you know, we get the little, she's listening to the radio. And then we get the little earthquake and everything. We see it come down. Honestly, I would have loved to just, like, watch Elizabeth Banks and this other guy just kind of, like, wander out of their house. You know, probably tucking away the boners and walking through the woods and they're the only ones out there and they just noticed hey the giant meteor with the kid just you know crashed in front of us and then really debate that like i feel like this opening should at least be 10 minutes long but at last it's just like two minutes of footage and then they cut and we get a credit sequence and i'm like all right well you kind of just threw off your entire premise right then and there especially if you want to sit with the idea of like this is a kid this is an innocent person innocent alien baby boy he could be a gift and the whole twist of the movie is that he's a nightmare so that's like my that's my main like problem at the start of this movie and i hate that it's like at the very beginning but it does it make sense no it makes sense yeah i see where you're coming i see where you're coming with that it just like you said it's just coming it just comes out a little early you know like yeah there should be it should have been like slower definitely and I, I understand, you know, you know, this movie has a budget, but it feels like they could have, they, they should have sat with these two people. Like, you know, if we're, if we're to follow the parents' point of view, which I think the movie's asking us to, you want to sit, you, we don't even know their names and, and the shit pops off. And I'm like, I just want to like get to know these guys and then get to know what their conflict would be. And I feel like this opening scene fails immediately. But alas, we end up 10 years later, we get, uh, again, he's kind of turning twelve. Brandon Breyer, so the movie kind of becomes about him, 
And so mm-hmm. uh, I want to start with his character because you kind of alluded to it already. And then I'm going to talk about the part where I laughed out loud. Um, Brandon Breyer, what you, what you think about him as a character here, as our alternative Clark Kent? Well, it's just like there wasn't really any substance to Brandon until he got his powers. Think about it. Like, there was literally nothing, there's nothing intriguing about Brandon until he got his powers. He's a very forgettable character until he started, you know, getting his powers and killing people. Like, wouldn't you agree? Yes, yes. He, well, I won't say he's forgettable, but he's just, he, he, pulls off of just being a random kid. <laughs> I mean, you're right, but that's what I mean. It's like, it's just some, he's just like some rando kid. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> what I thought about it when I first watched the movie, he's like, who let their little son on this fucking lot, bro? Really? <laughs> just sat down in front of the camera. Yeah. Like this, he's fine. He, you're right. He just has. He's very blank faced at the start of this movie. He just, to me, he comes off as just like you know, your normal twelve year old kid, which is hilarious because like <laughs> he's supposed to not be normal. Like you were kind of saying, like he seems like very Peter Parker esque, which you don't. I feel like you don't get that feeling until later on. But at the beginning here, he seems pretty fine. Um, but he's, he's, there's already there's already signs that he's not completely like normal which i thought was pretty interesting um because he's he's throughout the movie he's drawing this symbol um which ends up being his kind of like crest if you will and then yeah yeah which i do like it his name's brandon Breyer, very comic booky you know the alliteration but also as a twist it's, it's pretty interesting uh let's see but my thing is just like they could have again i feel like the movie just moves to moves too quickly at the first act here they could have sat on this kid for a good minute but like he we introduced to him and he's already kind of seen as the weirdo but he's super smart and we get to this scene that i laughed out loud as i was watching it so i'm like i i love a good classroom scene in a movie i've said this before in multiple podcasts but i love when a i love when you can give us and this typically happens in horror where you give us kind of the theme and what the entire movie's about, kind of speaking to the Greek chorus in one scene. And, and, you know, in horror, it's usually like a classroom scene or a character speaking, you know, very scream-esque in a, in a meta type of way. Or you'll get it in kind of a, uh, uh, what's the other thing I'm thinking of? Or you'll get it in more of a um, kind of like a introducing the characters type of way. Or it's usually done visually, too. But... Here in this classroom, Brandon's not paying attention, but he is, and that's kind of the twist of the scene. And I laugh when she when she's like, "Tells the difference between bees and wasp," and that's like, "Oh, okay, well, there's right away." You're like, "All right, well, here comes a whole lot of expo- <laughs> exposition," and that's exactly what we get. Brandon himself looks in front of the camera or looks at the camera and just goes, "Bees are pollinators and wasp are predators." I'm like, "Okay, so that explains his outfit. That explains." his motivation that explains everything and this is all before he even gets his power yeah so right away it's just like all right well you kind of gave away the entirety of the movie but i do like the scene and i do like the little girl who we know is caitlin 
I call her a nice girl on my notes. So if I say nice girl, that's who I mean is Caitlin. Um, but she's mm-hmm. she's nice to him. She is pretty cool. But um, I feel like a good c- compare and contrast would be Chronicle. And again, Chronicle, you sit with Andrew a lot more. You understand his kind of plight, even if you disagree or not disagree. You understand his environment sucks. So that kind of fuels the way he thinks. With Brandon, mm-hmm. he just seems I get I get what they're doing though. He seems normal, but he's kind of nerdy, which is fine. You know, again, we're kind of making Clark Kent kind of uh, alleg- uh mm, connections. Mm-hmm. But you know, then he turns twelve, which I guess is like a day later. Um, he turns he turns twelve, and you know that's the age where you know it's puberty starts for boys. So I feel like mm-hmm. this is where the movie starts. Red flag number two. This movie doesn't know what it's about. (laughs) It doesn't know. I feel like overall it wants to say something about like nature versus nurture. And so it leans Mm. on nature, which is fine. You can do that in these type of films. But it feels like it doesn't like give enough evidence for it for that argument, really, other than like this is how it's written. But like, Mm. yeah, it's just. He's just like, this movie to me is just like, we want to talk about nature versus nurture. So we have this kid who is an alien. We don't know where he's from, which is fine. Keep it ambiguous. Um, But, you know, he's been raised on this human farm and family. But, you know, as we introduce his more uh, innate nature, which is a more negative thing, you know, if if this kid is just an alien wasp, which I thought about that. And I'm like, if he just grows wings, this movie would be 100% better. Yeah, that's true. If he turned like to like for me, if he turned to like a grotesque like wasp monster, I'd be like, "Oh, this is pretty fucking crazy." Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, I guess you want to keep it Superman related, but I mean, at the very end, if you give him a full on, which I think that's another thing that's missing. This movie's kind of missing a full on like battle. We get we get mm-hmm. like a super, we get a pretty good scene. I'm not gonna lie, it's a pretty good like chase scene, but uh, it, yeah. If if he did kind of like go off and grow wings, that that would have been great. But then again, you wouldn't be able to keep the cape. And I think the cape was great in this movie. <laughs> Little blanket cape. It wants to say something about nature versus nurture, but it doesn't necessarily like fully commit to it. And then it's like, okay, so then is this movie talking about puberty? But it feels more like that's gonna, unlike in like Spider Man, it feels more like a uh, like a a cop out essentially. Like yeah, mm-hmm. puberty is also a part of it. You can you can go into that a little bit more as well, especially. And then it also kind of because it tries to do this whole like a uh, psychological thing where it's like maybe it's the way he thinks, and is that and that kind of goes back into nature versus nurture. And my thing is just like okay, so do they want Brandon to be this kind of like tragic good boy gone wrong, or do they want him to be this pure evil? And I feel like they don't decide throughout the movie how do you feel about it i think hmm, that's a good question just because of just what happens towards the end with him and his mother because his mother is the constant throughout this entire movie yeah right because she's the one that like wants to keep him alive she wants to protect him she wants to help him but he's killing everybody and so when she makes that decision to be like i'm gonna have to kill my son like she tries to get to the better nature of him, which doesn't work. Which is my thing is I don't know if it for me personally, I don't know if it's the fact of like his spaceship that just 
like just dropped a or just dump load a whole uh alien whatever whatever into his brain or it just changed his personality for the difference or if he's always just been like that you know what i mean i i can't really answer that question because it's a hard question to ask because of the situation i feel like it's just that's fair because the movie doesn't really give you an answer <laughs> exactly at all it just kind of like yeah right guys I'm just like, okay <laughs> Nice little Easter egg here, though. His teacher, his school teacher, is Jennifer Holland, the actress, and who is now married to James Gunn. And she tends to pop up in a lot of his stuff, starting, I guess, starting here. But if you watch Peacemaker, she plays the uh, the lead uh, agent. Mm-hmm. And she's also in, I, if you've seen this movie, uh, if she's also in a little bit, or she's in the end credits of, uh, uh, is, is Shazam 2? I think that's the end credits there. Mm-hmm. I, I no, she's also she's also in Black Adam. Black Adam, okay, yeah, and she pops up in both, I believe. But yeah, Black Adam is yes, the yeah. one where she is the uh, end credit sequence. But yeah, I hope James Gunn. I play. I hope. I hope, and I'm pretty sure he plans to keep her character in his universe because she's a really good actress. But it was just nice. I'm like that face. I know that face, and I, it quickly clicked to me. Like, okay, yeah, it's it's his future wife in in this role. <laughs> She also has a really funny part in uh, Guardians 3, too. Well, I have to watch Guardians 3. I have not seen it yet. It's on Disney+. Plus. I am. I'm going to watch it. I just haven't had the time to. Yeah, it remains one of my favorite movies of the year. It's, a, it's one of the better ones. It has nothing to do with anything. It doesn't set up anything. It's just a nice little final movie for the Guardians. So back into this movie, uh, we find out that Mom is a painter, <laughs> and the dad is a farmer that's kind of their only yeah. character i wish the parents did more in this movie they have like zero character <laughs> mm, i mean they yeah really sure. do much <laughs> and oh, that is true. yeah and you know i just think about again if we're drawing if we're trying to make this twisted story of like superman mon pa can a pretty fleshed out characters in any version of superman to get <laughs> like i feel like they they're they're significant enough and in this one it's like you know I should feel something. I mean, you're right about the Elizabeth Banks character, Tori. She is the the constant throughout the film. And I do say I yeah. do think the father has feelings. It's just when he's kind of pushed to his limit. And it's that cliche of like, you know, whenever anything in the house goes wrong, the father is the first one to freak out. Um I think that's just kind of cliche, but I do like yeah. their relationship to each other. There's just not enough of them um having an impact on Brandon. And that's where I think why Brandon kind of comes off very dry. We don't see them really interact too much outside of like the house other than like his birthday party. But like, again, like what is this movie trying to say? I would have loved scenes of them actually like teaching lessons to Brandon that, Mm -hmm. you know, life lessons that would show their impact as humans on this alien and i do like i would have liked to have seen more of the conflict of like you know at some point or another we need to tell him or should we tell him that he's not human and you know here they kind of hint at early on that he's adopted and it's like cool and they don't want to let him go into the barn but now that he's 12 you know they just we don't get any of that they just kind of flow through this story and i would have liked to then just stop and like really debate some of these conflicts um but nevertheless, what do you think about the parents, Corey? 
Like I said, I, I, I can't not love Legend Base. Yeah, yeah. Banks, it's so. very hard not to, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very hard not to love Elizabeth Banks for who she is. But, like, the parents, like, I like the mom. Like I said, I really like the mom. And not because she's Elizabeth Banks, but just her character in general. She's a very Martha Kent-esque character. So you're just like, oh, yeah, she has this innate want to make sure that her son is okay but like her dad the dad is like is a toss-up for me because he's kind of a shithead to uh brandon but like at the same time he's not yeah it's <laughs> they keep giving us scenes where they get along and then like at the drop of a dime they're ready to kill each other right and i'm like dude what is going on this bad i don't know some people don't like their dads and stuff like that but like yeah. like come on <laughs> it's just like even like the birthday scene it's like Prior to that scene, we got no other scene that they were, you know, bumping heads or that Brandon was growing more uh, stubborn. And it's like, <laughs> it just happens. It's just like, you know, the, the, the barn glows red and then all of a sudden Brandon's just the dick. And it's like, that doesn't seem right. Like, honestly, it would be fine. I mean, I get it. it, it it's fine that his, like, innate nature kicked in, like, now that mm -hmm. started. And I guess mixing that in with all the hormones raging, but like he wouldn't just be this evil person overnight like that. Even if it is a nature, you know, type of like DNA thing, he would still have mm -hmm. to get comfortable with it. He would, and so like it's just the fact that like that very night he's just like stubborn. And his dad's like, "Oh, a gun? No, 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 you can't have that. We'll get you something else." And Brandon's like, "I will destroy you." <laughs> like yeah, his dad should have been like, uh. This is not normal. Why are you acting like that? Right. <laughs> it just happened. The mom's like, oh, you know, he's 12 now. Ma'am, <laughs> he was not 12 like four hours ago. He just turned 12. Exactly. And he just threatened that he was going to, did what, like, what, did, are we not going to talk about that? Or like, <laughs> right. He just like snaps. And so <laughs> she's like, he'll always be my baby boy. Which she says like, what, 12 times in this movie? Mm-hmm. Talk about like hammering in a message. Yeah, my baby boy. <laughs> then she then said baby boy dropped her from the fucking <laughs> from the atmosphere to the fucking barn. <laughs> cool scene though. <laughs> it was such a great No, the a cool scene was when the woman had the mom what's her name's mom? I forgot her name. Ooh, uh Caitlin's the girl. I don't remember what the mom's name was. Yeah, Caitlin, the one that, you know, he crushed her hand in his hand. Yeah. We'll, we'll or her that. arm. Yeah. So when she had to pull that piece of glass out of her eye, I could not sit there and watch it fully. I was just like, oh. Yeah, that was a really good one. It's Although it's like, <laughs> why are you staring at the light, ma'am? <laughs> yeah, who just stared at a light bulb? I'm just like, bro, I would, if I saw it flickering, I'm just walking away. If I'd look at it, I'm looking at it from a distance. Not while I'm standing under glass. Who just does that? But yeah, so the parents are all right. They're. I just wish there again. My. I think the thing I'm gonna just keep referring to is just, I just wish there was more time. These people mm -hmm. had more time to be fleshed out in the story to kind of really flesh itself out. It just feels again. This movie just feels like a test run. Mm -hmm. So as we get further in here, like we said, he's 12 now. Uh, puberty's kicking in. Um, and so <laughs> the very next morning, Brandon's just chewing a fork. 
and this made my skin skin crawl because like the sound of the metal of him chewing was just really i was like ah don't do that oh god jesus why is it happening to me right now And then at the same time, mom and dad find sexy pictures and uh, very gross pictures <laughs> in okay, his bed. Yeah, that. He was like, is this, the, is this the idea of porn? <laughs> and it's just like swimsuits. <laughs> and then they flip over and it's like, oh, where's he? where did he get those pictures? It's like surgery pictures and human diagrams of organs and stuff. Oh, that's not fun for anybody. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like this is completely normal, which I guess is the point. He's not normal, but like, still, if he was raised a certain way, he would still have the mentality. Again, just like again, red light flashes in the barn, and just he just turns into a different character, a different breed, as they like to call it. Um. So their solution to all of this is to go camping. Oh God, not the camping scene. <laughs> Which is, it was like, what time of year is it? Because <laughs> it looks yeah, really true. cold. It, it's, it jumps a lot, dude. And you're like, is it summer? Is it fall? Is it like, what? what is this? Yeah, like, where's the timeline in this movie? It feels like it takes place over a couple of days. But I don't know, like, they're going camping yet. She's always telling him to put on some gloves. And it looks cold. But then mm-hmm. it's like, then when they go to the nighttime shoots, it's definitely like a summer evening. So I don't mm-hmm. know what the time of year it is. Yeah, me either. That's just it's stupid because you're just like, okay, is it gold? Is it not gold? Why you don't wear gloves? What yeah. the fuck is going on? They're going hunting, which is another thing Jeez. that threw me off. He was like, you can't have the gun, and then like later on they go camping and they're hunting, and he has the gun. Exactly. The I did like the what I did like about this whole section is that we do get. Brandon getting the talk from his dad which you know relatable we've all had this awkward talk but again just Brandon as a character he just starts acting so like ignorant where it's like he doesn't seem like a teenager he seems like a robot did you get that That, feeling yeah that's what I meant so when I said that he just seemed like a basic character that's exactly what I meant yeah like that I didn't like Mm hmm yeah like his dad is trying to like the dad's doing a good job he's doing the best he can because you know obviously they found the the pictures and i'm like okay that's relatable but like the whole time brandon's like okay all right and i'm like dizzy i i get what they're doing but it's like you could have directed this kid to emote a little bit i feel like you could have kept brandon as a teen as a growing like embarrassed puberty strucken teenager other than just like having him fully go psycho right at the beginning of the movie, like you could have built up a little bit, because like we're already here for the premise. Everybody already knows what's gonna happen. <laughs> we're okay. just, yeah. the The fun part is the watching the journey. You know the, <laughs> it, it, yeah, watching it all unfold in a good way. But it's like it just it everything happened so fast at the beginning. So now we're just waiting for stuff to happen. And it, it does kind of, like, mess with the pace of the movie. But we do get some really good, like, horror moments. And so the first one we get here is where... So as his family is, like, sleeping, Brandon decides to go... I guess he learns how to fly. He learns how to fly at this point? It, that's where I was another thing. I was like, where did he practice his powers? You know, if we're going, like, horror, 
like uh not horror but like origin story standards he would have mm-hmm. practiced his powers at some point in a nice little montage um we get like one scene and that's when he first discovers his powers and it's just like he throws the lawnmower and then he sticks his hand in the blade and bends the blade after that mm-hmm. when when did he learn how to fly yeah it's just mm. <laughs> i just i was like wait a minute when did he learn how to fly Exactly. Where do you learn how to fly, and how? Where do you learn how to control his heat vision? Like, where the fuck? Like, is it? Does he get home blasting cans and hovering off his fucking roof the entire time? Like, I'm so confused. Yeah, he ends up going. Like, he ends up breaking open the uh, the the barn door and ends up finding the spaceship, and he gets where he gets a little protocol speech like thing. But like, I'm like, is it like alien instructions on how to use his powers, or does he just automatically know? Like. <laughs> Like from this camping scene, he's like, he has to be going like miles in seconds, and he reaches Caitlin's house and just kind of tortures her a bit. I do like the scene though, because to him, he's doing his best to flirt. He's taking his dad's advice. He just doesn't know exactly how he's doing it, which again, relatable for teenage boys. But he ends up freaking her out because he's this super bee. <laughs> right, he's a super boy. And my thing is, like, how fast is he to, like, open her computer and play the song and then get out the window? Like, how how fast is he? <laughs> Pretty fucking fast, honestly. And so I'm just like, oh, God. Like, I, um, it made him such a creep in this movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, you a creep? He's a fucking teenager, man. Yeah, like, the, again, like, I get it. But also, you could have like held on a lot of these moments a little longer. <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Brandon has this moment where he's drawing his own costume, which I did like. Uh, I didn't realize though. This is my second time watching this movie, by the way, and I didn't realize that his super his super name is Brightburn, and that the the town they're in is called Brightburn. I didn't mm. know that. I thought it was just like a, a cool title. <laughs> Uh, how'd you feel about the costume though? I like the costume a lot. I hate that he changes clothes in it, but I love like the what he that it's a nice little homemade. The the costume was great, especially for the aesthetic of it being a horror movie. It was so good because of the fact that like the mask was horrifying, especially with his heat vision eyes. Like it was just terrifying to see, and I you know it smelled, bro. You know it smelled like ass. I I liked it a lot. It was. Again, it looks like a the the mask, like the way he like tied it. It looks like the the face of a wasp. So that was pretty cool, right? Like a nice little giant. I just hated that he wore it over his like street clothes. Like I feel like, obviously, he's a twelve year old kid, so he's he's got mm-hmm. this. That's kind of like working for the creep factor of it that he would have this, you know, just regular boy clothes over this like horrifying mask and this like blanket cape. But I don't know. I feel like he would have had. I don't know. I'm thinking back to when I was 12, and my imagination was definitely much bigger, <laughs> probably bigger than most. But like any 12 year old would like figure out a a way to have like a single like costume, right? Or is that just me? Yeah. No, not just you. <laughs> like you know, him just wearing like jeans and a shirt bothered me a lot. I'm like, especially as the movie went on, I'm like, at some point you would think he would just dress in all black and then put the cape and stuff over it, or like he would wear like an old Halloween costume and, and adjust it. Like he would look more menacing if he did try to like dress menacing in a twelve year old boy type of way, 
rather than just wearing like his regular old like you know jc penny clothes and then put the really cool outfit over it yeah that's true because like well i mean but you're right it's just kind of the it builds into that creep factor because he's like he's a 12 year old boy who's like got superpowers he's not yeah. he doesn't have a kryptonian costume that you just throw on real quick true <laughs> and i do love i do like the mask i think it's, you're right it probably does it's smell. Cool. Yeah, it's like it smells like no, it smells like hot ass, but it it works because you're right. It looks like a wasp, and it's just it's horrifying. Like if I were sleeping and I woke up and I saw that, I would piss myself right there immediately. <laughs> exactly, and then we both would smell. <laughs> exactly. Again, another cool horror moment is that all the chickens are freaking the fuck out <laughs> when they see this boy in the coop. yeah. And so later that night, the dad like ends up waking up and or he so he finds Brandon kind of like just staring at them sleepwalking because throughout the movie, they make a point that Brandon has a habit of sleepwalking, which is Mm -hmm. bullshit. But um, (laughs) and so the dad notices that he goes back later that like morning and the the like lock was like broken and all the cho- all the chickens are just dead. Like necks are twisted and mangled, and he's just dead. Yeah. And the dad's like, "All right, well, our son's a psycho." And the mom's like, "No, it was a wolf. It was probably the wolf again." Like, no, a wolf does not have. A a- exactly. Does the wolf have opposable thumbs that can rip fucking door handles? Last time I checked, nothing fucking happened. Yeah. He's like, "All right." Go son of face reality. We got uh, a kid from the sky. Maybe he's not what we thought he was, or maybe we didn't do enough to program him right. And again, mm-hmm. I would have liked these conflicts if they were fleshed out. Like you know, this scene should not be just be like two seconds long. I would have liked a good like five minute scenes of them actually talking, and maybe Brand is like listening far away because I'm like. Again, he's not. He doesn't have like one for one Superman powers, but like, and if he is super, you would think super hearing would be included in that. <laughs> yeah, sure. But like, he wouldn't really need it because they talk so loud <laughs> around him, and I'm like, you're just kind of adding to the problem. <laughs> but how do how do you feel about his powers? Actually, let's talk about that for a sec. So I tried to keep count. I tried to like pinpoint it down. So he obviously mm-hmm. has flight, which is a cool. He has the laser eyes. Um, he has super strength because he could lift a car. <laughs> and then uh, what I thought was interesting is that he could manipulate, like, electronics. I kind of just felt different. You know what I mean? Like, I really sat through this movie. Like I said, not a bad movie, but I really mostly sat through this movie feeling indifferent. I don't <laughs> know how to really explain it. I just felt indifferent. <laughs> All right, yeah. I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of, like, right there with you. I'm just trying to <laughs> Trying to figure out why. I feel like this movie, they just didn't do enough. But, like, I do like his powers, though. I do like the fact that he can manipulate, like, electronics. Like, that makes it even more scary. But other than that, mm-hmm. he's just Superboy. Exactly. He's just an evil. He literally is Superboy Prime. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, okay, that's cool and all. But, like, we don't understand I don't why. care. Yeah. Exactly. I don't care why either. Like, I'm not like, oh, yeah. Like, I feel so bad for Brandon. Or I'm like, this is just a kid. They got powers, and it's just going to start killing people. And I'm just kind of like, oh, oh, this is this now. Yeah. I guess the movie doesn't really give you a reason to care. (laughs) Not really, honestly speaking. 
do you think there's any moment in the movie where they tried to get the audience to care? Because I'm kind of in the same boat. I think it's when he first was getting his powers, I think. when he first, Well, when the ship was going off for pretty much the first time and he was, like, crying. Was that at the end? Well, I know he cries at the end. He, he like, sheds a single tear. But that's at the very end. Um, when he got his... It, like, reaches midnight. And so, like, the thing goes off in the barn. And so he, like, jumps out the window, I think. And then goes to mm-hmm. the barn. And then he's, like, floating above it for a good minute. But he doesn't bust it open until later on. He kind of, like, just like, like, downloads Alien. Yeah, he pretty much down, downloaded his entire race's uh, mindset into his fucking brain. Okay, so, uh, you know, we get this moment at school that you talked about earlier where he, I don't know what kind of, like, lesson they're learning, but I guess trust is what he was trying to say. But they're just, like, in a circle bumping each other around. And so the the girl, Caitlin, I like the fact that she catches on, like, hey, I think this guy was in my room the other night. And so when he's there, she, like, doesn't want to, like, touch him or she, you know, she's very disgusted by him. So he falls to the ground and hits his head. And I'm like, at that point, okay, well, th- that's it. That That's after that moment it's over with and so <laughs> yeah brandon's got a hit list <laughs> but she's like you know he's a pervert he's like no i'm not and he breaks her hand which is just ew. that was a really interesting scene my only thing about that is just like why did he do it right then and there and no one thought anything was wrong that's true too like no one was like oh 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 he's breaking her he's breaking her and another thing is just like Again, this movie is just kind of contradicting. Are we supposed to think that Brandon is this machine or, you know, is he a psychopath? Because everything he does, he he responds not like he's programmed to do it. He's responding pretty much very emotionally, which, again, mm-hmm. kind of counters the whole alien hive mind deal that they gave at the very beginning. Yeah, I mean... I think his he is still like I think in this movie he was fighting the programming though if you think about it because you saw him fight it with his mom when she was like talking about like you know her baby boy he was like he took a pause for a second and then you know of course he dropped her but you know what I mean I think he was just losing like he was losing that battle just in general <laughs> would have loved to seen it that little inner turmoil yeah would have but yeah we all would have but you know they're like no, we ain't got money for that. <laughs> He's like, we got to move this movie along. <laughs> exactly. More things end up happening, and yes, we get to the really big scene where uh, Brandon goes after Caitlin's mom and kills her. And this is a, again another great scene, uh, great sequence where he just like, I don't know how. Again, I don't know how fast he's supposed to be. But he like fogs up all the windows and cover, like draws the little symbol sigils all over it, and then he's messing with the the electronics in there, and he's pretty much just torturing this woman as she locks herself into the walk-in freezer, screaming for help after like going blind. <laughs> yeah, partially blind. She became Nick Fury for you know before she died. Right, right, right. How did you feel about this whole like sequence with the the uh, restaurant and the mom? I think we talked about it. Yeah, I told you that I liked it. Uh, with this with this scene specifically, I really liked it just because of the fact of like it does give you this tense situation of someone's chasing her, but but that someone is a a person with the power of Superman. And then I love the shot 
where they, I, where they like show her perspective, but she can't see out of her fucking yes. left eye because it's gone. Yeah, it's like covered in blood. Yeah, I like that a lot. This scene was all in the trailers. I remember because it was. I remember the tr- the first trailer is just like this part where the part where she's like in the. I think it's the end of the trailer. She's in the like the the freezer, and she's and you just see the burning of the door, and then like the rush. <laughs> And then uh, I do like the detail. We never find out what actually happens to her. She just goes missing. <laughs> well, let's just say she died because yeah. she died. <laughs> I think it's her at the very end where she, uh, you know, where Elizabeth Banks' character like grabs the the shard of the the metal off of the spaceship, and then she looks over, and there's like a there's like a dead body hanging up with a hole through the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that's either her or the aunt, but even still, though, you know what I'm saying. Right, right. Target practice. So yeah, Brandon ends up finding the barn and ends up finding the spaceship, and he goes off on his parents, and you know that's where he gets the laser eyes for the first. Well, not for the first time, but he ends up doing the laser eyes for the camera, and then he goes into mm-hmm. the nice girl's house and scares her up again, trying to tell her that uh, the mom is no longer anyone to worry about. <laughs> Meanwhile, we got this really cool like police investigation going on that we never see, but with the sheriff, and he's like, he just you know he does the whole basic you know, ooh look at all this evidence, and then we never see them again. But I, it just had me thinking like how better this movie would be if we were bouncing between the parents and the the sheriff, and mm-hmm. we just never really see Brandon at all. Like if we took this out of Brandon's perspective and just made it the parents. And then we cut to like the the detective or the the sheriff investigating these mysterious things. Mm. Would have been way better of a movie. It would have taken, mm. away, in my opinion, it, it would have mm. taken away the Superman stuff, but you would have replaced it with some like actual like drama going on. There was substance, pretty much. So from there, at this point, Brandon just goes completely off. He gets like one last like uh, slap on the wrist where they confront him he has to see a guidance counselor which so happens to be his aunt which i feel like it's just not appropriate but no it's not that's a that's a conflict of interest she's not yeah, she's yeah. but you know small town <laughs> true and so this is like the last point where you know she's like well you know if you don't tell me i gotta report everything i say to the sheriff but he's like oh, i can't let that happen and so i do like again some great sequences because you feel like he's gonna go after the aunt but instead, he goes after the the uncle, who's really chill about yeah. this kid just being in his closet. Like, Pretty I feel much. Like you should have beat him like right then and there. Like belt, bam! I take you after I whoop you. But and this guy has a fucked up entirety of a family, and not that like everyone is bad. It's just like his uncle's a douche. <laughs> his dad sucks. Like yeah, his aunt a ditz. <laughs> Exactly. That's why I'm just like, bro. I don't. I don't. I can see why he put it partially turned evil, but like at the same time, nice. No but you know. yeah. And so again, we get another great horror sequence where Brandon just tortures the crap out of his uncle, and like again, this is this is. I think this is the, probably the best. No, no, I won't say the best. But this was really good as well because <laughs> he's like turning the car off and on, and so. Brandon just like lifts the car, flips up in the air, and then just drops it, for- forcing him to like crush his jaw open. And that was like, oh, oh yeah. 
and he just kind of like chokes and dies on his own blood. And I'm like, that's fucked up. That's, I mean, that was a great kill. That's what I gotta say. Yeah, and I do again. See what happens. So this is a great example of why I feel like a lot of this movie should have just held on some things longer because this scene was really well paced. Because right mm-hmm. after we get the death, or right as he's dying, Brennan like takes the blood from his mouth and draws his little symbol next to the car. I'm like, see, that's great. You know, with any other scene in this movie, they would have cut away after the death. But here, because they held on longer, and we got the emphasis of Brennan watching his uncle die while drawing mm-hmm. his little symbol, it, it made it more impactful. Yeah, that's true. I'll give you that. It did make it very, really impactful, actually. So from mm-hmm. there... So from there, uh, both the parents freak out because they realize, okay, yeah, this kid is definitely, you know, killing people. And mm. so they kind of they kind of have a disagreement. And the dad's like, I got it. And I do like the fact that Brandon pushes his dad into like the counter. And they're like, oh, and that's like the first that's the first time they ever saw his kid's powers. And I'm like, you feel I feel like you would, you know, freak out a bit more rather than just because now you know exactly how he's doing it this whole time they haven't really seen his abilities which i mm-hmm. think is another mistake but now they're seeing that oh he's a lot stronger than we think he is we should you know at least talk to him but instead they just leave him in his room for a while and the dad's like i have the perfect idea let's go camping <laughs> yeah and they just put him down like old yeller, and they're like, he realized that that's not gonna work. I'm like, oh, oh god. <laughs> I thought about old yeller too. <laughs> I'm like, does the mom know you're going out to kill her kid? <laughs> it Probably like not. You know. Yeah, she like she didn't like she knew, but he, at least he tried. So yeah, he takes the gun that he, ironically, the gun that he got for his birthday, but he tries to kill him. As like Brandon's looking at moose tracks and he's like, Well, I guess I gotta kill you too. And so Brandon again, another great like kill though. I love this, where he like rushes his dad and he's just like Brandon does Brandon's the thing where he uh like flies through like back and forth as he's chasing someone. So like he's di- going like uh what's the word? Someone's running vertically and he's running and he's flying at them uh horizontally is that it yeah yeah horizontally yeah like i did like that detail like that's his way of doing it i don't know if that's like a purposeful allusion to wasp i don't know if that's it but it, i do like that whenever someone's like running or driving straight he is off going zooming from side to side it's an interesting little character trait you know i just wish that more of that was in this movie <laughs> Yeah, me too. That would have been so cool. But alas, Brandon kills his dad by giving him a big old laser to the head. Yeah, he did. He fucking cooked his brain like no tomorrow. Smooth like butter. Yes. It's <laughs> for the BTS fans out there. So from there, we get to the final act. Uh, so Tori, the mom, finds out that uh, she, the the the, uh, the sheriff comes to her and is like, yeah, uh, this symbol's popped up at all the crime scenes. I realize it's mm-hmm. a BB. Apparently, Brandon's the only kid that has the initials here, so I came to to ask you. And she's like, nope. He's like, all right, I've done my job about this movie. Oh, God, yeah. If only he would have stayed out. (laughs) (laughs) She realizes that, yeah, Brandon has drawn this symbol before and that, yeah, he's the one flying around and killing people. 
and thus we get the the third act of the movie where Brandon comes home and he's ready to kill his mom. So he attacks her. And again, I love the fact that he's just like zooming in and out of the house. Like that, that was great. Meanwhile, she's calling the police. He's, she's being attacked. She ends up calling the sheriff and Brandon finds her. And it's, yeah, it's a fun sequence. The, the sheriff Mm. and the deputy show up. They call, they don't call for backup for some reason. (laughs) Um, but I think it's the uh, the sheriff gets it first, or does the deputy get it? Uh, I think the deputy, because someone got sucked out the house. That's what I'm trying to remember. Because I think it was the deputy that got it so first. The, uh, the sheriff is the one that gets like, he doesn't even get into the house. He's like on the porch and just gets sideswiped. And then he gets sideswiped into oblivion, and you're just like, oh, what the fuck happened to this guy? <laughs> right, right. And then the deputy makes it upstairs to help the mom, but she's hiding under the bed. And <laughs> the deputy, I like this kill because the deputy gets caught and she's Brandon's just flinging her up and down the the room. <laughs> you see yeah. In the background, she's just like, and then he like throws her into the room where the mom is, and she just kind of slowly dies. Meanwhile, the mom like is hanging out the window outside of the house, and so she's like, "God help me." <laughs> Again, it's a really good exactly. sequence. It's really fun. It's really fun. She decides to try and make it to the spaceship and grab a shard to kill him. That's where they kind of encounter each other. And he, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I guess you're right here. For a moment, he's like, okay, maybe. And then she tries to stab him and it doesn't work. And he goes straight up into the atmosphere. <laughs> and then drops her. She she would have been dead before she hit the ground. But yeah, she he drops her. And that's that's kind of it <laughs> um yeah. we, get this, we get this thing with a plane that was like heading right towards him and i'm like i don't even want to know what he did to that and then we don't see it and but we see the aftermath and there's no survivors and it's all over the house and uh yeah he's just there eating a cookie and then there's other and then you find out there's other kids just like him. like oh god this is just not gonna yeah there's a half man half sea creature which is an uh an aquaman illusion and then there's a wonder woman illusion where there's a a witch they're saying that can choke you out with a rope <laughs> yeah i was just like and they were talking about like this is going to be the injustice game injustice league but i'm like if he becomes ultraman that just kind of sucks yeah <laughs> i'm like this is ridiculous <laughs> right right you know that's kind of it. That's that's Brightburn. It, again, it could have been a longer movie. It's pretty short. Um, mm-hmm. But alas, as every episode, we have to ask Corey: Do you recommend Brightburn? I do. I recommend this movie as if you are a horror fan and and you can look at this objectively, not like uh, what's the word I'm looking for. You're not trying to be a stickler for like Superman or superhero movies. Yeah. This is a pretty good, this is like a good, like horror movie itself. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where, that's kind of where I am. I went into this very excited to rewatch it. And then, cause I remember liking it the first time. Cause I, I watched it in theaters. Um, although I only watched like half of it because I had to leave, but, um, <laughs> watching it again. Yeah. It, like I said at the beginning, this is just, it, it's fine. It's serviceable. It, it gets the job done. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you. If you're looking for something kind of horror, but kind of different, this is definitely one of those to check out. Like we mm-hmm. said, it, it's not as good or as involving as Chronicle is at all. It it has the potential to be, but it, it doesn't reach the same kind of 
dramatic and uh honestly even like scary heights that movie does um mm. but here it's fine this is the movie that this is a movie that is the definition of fine my biggest thing is that i just wish that a lot of the character stuff and a lot of the yeah mostly the character stuff was just held on a bit longer if you just add yeah. like 30 minutes of character development this would have definitely been a like higher recommended film for me mm. Um, do I recommend it? I don't know. I don't, I, I want to say yes, but it's a very, like, I recommend it to those if you are interested. If, if you're just looking at this yeah. and you kind of shrug, you're better off to not really watch it. But if you, yeah, yeah it's a very small, very low, very, you know, if you come, if it's a Sunday afternoon or something like that, you're folding clothes after doing some laundry or just winding back and it comes on. Yeah check it out but if not you know if it's something you're actively looking to watch nah you you can skip this but it's a very like low-ish recommend for me okay yeah okay so i think it's i think it's an okay movie i I recommend it but it's not like i want like it's not yeah like i agree with you on all those points pretty much that you made about how it's not like if they just had some more exposition just some more exposition i'd be fine just mm. more, just a little bit more time. Exactly. All right, Corey. This has been a fun little episode between you and me. This has been this has been a very uh, informative one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Um. So thank you again for uh, joining me. Glad to have you back, buddy. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Like I said, this has been a wild couple of weeks, man. And thank you all for listening. Feel free to, and I urge you to share, like, comment, subscribe, and all that jazz. Um, but until then, we'll catch you again on the murder board.